Well, good morning. So we are uh, we're launching a new sermon series today. It's called "On Your Mark, Get Set." Dot dot dot. Right, and uh, we are. This is the last sermon series before we enter our new building. Can you believe that? Last sermon series. Not really shedding a tear about that. Yeah, that's worth more applause. Amen. Hey, God's doing some great things. You know, this past week, the Olympics ended, and uh, it was interesting to watch some of those uh, Olympics. I was sitting down with my daughter, Alyssa, and we were watching the uh, indoor bicycle racing on the track. Did any of you watch that? It was me and Alyssa. All right. So we're watching the indoor track bicycle racing, and it's these steep um, track turns like like this, literally, all the way around. And when they start out... These guys are sitting there poised, and I mean, they got legs that are ripped. You know what I'm talking about? And they get ready, and the horn sounds, and they start out like at a half mile an hour. And they ease down to the bottom, and they're looking back and forth at each other, and they're just checking each other. You won't even believe me now. Now you're going to have to go check it on YouTube or something. They're looking back and forth, checking, and the entire first lap or two, and it's only a three-lap race, they're going like a half mile an hour. Lissa looks at me, and she goes... This is lame. (laughs) Is this all they're going to do? And I'm like, I'm sure they trained for more than this, babe. Something must be coming. And all of a sudden, somebody decides to make their move, whether it be to go to the top and try to slingshot down or whatever it is. And in like literally just a couple of seconds, they're up to 40 miles an hour, ripping around this track, cutting inside and out of each other, weaving, and it's done that fast. It's like a lot of preparation and a lot of preparing and a lot of strategic moves and all of a sudden run to the finish and you're done. You know what I'm saying? That's a lot of where we're at right now. We've been doing a lot of preparing and a lot of praying from the time we started the stewardship campaign and and, uh, it's been exciting to see all that God's been doing and preparing and providing through your hearts and through your lives and, uh, and we're down to the wire. I mean, we have hit 40 miles an hour and we are running hard. And this fall, we're going to be moving into our new home. We have no idea who's coming and how many are coming. We've got a job to be getting some invites out. And Lord, what do you have from us? Prepare our hearts that we might be ready to do your work of ministry. I'm telling you, the day we hit that building, it's like a starting over in many ways, shapes, and forms. On your mark... Get set, right? So Lord, help us prepare for that moment. What is it we need to know? What is it we need to be doing that you might get the greater glory? Today we're going to be looking specifically at preparing to partner together. Preparing to work together in this place and with Jesus Christ that he might get the glory. Preparing to partner. So turn with me, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 4. we got the ushers coming forward with some Bibles. If you need a Bible, just raise your hand and they'll get one to you, okay? Just raise your hand, they'll get one to you. Ephesians 4. We're preparing to partner today. Lord, as we go into these final days, help us to know what it means and where we should be and what we should be doing to partner with you. All right? First step. Attitude. Follow God's example. It's all about attitude. I'm telling you, if your heart's not in the right place, it really doesn't matter what we're doing after it. Okay, so it's all about attitude first and foremost, and we're going to start with Ephesians chapter 4. Let me just read a couple of verses here. Verse 1, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, 
with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So let's just break it down a little. He says, therefore, right? And when we see the therefore, we say, yeah, so if you're new with us, we say, what's the therefore, therefore, okay? It's a connecting word. It's got a purpose, and it means whatever we just went through has some big impact, and now here's some action to follow, okay? And so what is it he was talking about right before it? Well, in chapters 1 through 3, it was a massive presentation of the theology of God Almighty and His salvation. He has just gotten done with a stunning three-chapter theological treatise on God's awesomeness. In fact, right at the end of chapter 3, that's his special prayer piece where he says, I'm telling you, whatever you think, whatever you could desire, God's got better in store for you. Our God is above all, and he knows all, and he can accomplish all. He is an amazing God. Therefore, that's where we are right now, okay? So therefore... Chapter 4, a prisoner for the Lord, Paul is writing from prison. Hey, one thing we can take out of this, no matter where you're at, you can serve him. No matter what the circumstances are, no matter how dire, no matter how tough, no matter how challenging, God can use you to be a voice and a vocal mouthpiece for him. A prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. To walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. Make sure you understand that everything we're doing here is that God might get the greater glory. Let's show him off. Amen? That's what it's all about. Lord, may you be shown off in my life as I grasp more of you. May I just respond in a way that shows you great honor and great privilege. May we walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, which has called us. It says... With a few things in mind here. With all, with how much? How much? Yeah, with all, it doesn't mean with a little bit of, or just a smidge of, or every once in a while, uh, but all the time, in all circumstances, with all humility. Now, so this isn't going to be about me getting lifted up. So, So somehow this isn't about me being shown off, and no, it isn't. This is going to be all about God being shown off. And Lord, no matter what happens, I'm willing to see the other person's needs before mine. I'm willing to see your glory before any human glory. Lord, I'm ready to humbly lay myself down whatever role I'm called to, whether it be second chair or fifth chair or just helper somewhere or lead chair. Lord, I'm holding my hands open. May you be glorified through me. In my temperament, in my attitude. Humility. Okay? Humility and gentleness is the next word. With all humility and gentleness. That all connects to each of these words. With all humility, with all gentleness. I just put this down for gentleness. Uh, Not moving people with harshness or fear. But rather with love. Hey, we can lead people where we get them to do what we want. But if we get them to do what we want because we get in their face and hurt them or scare them, that would not be doing it with gentleness. That's not God's call. It's not, well, the ends justify the means. At least we got them doing what they're supposed to do. It's not that. It's make sure you do it with the right attitude and the right approach along the way. Gentleness 
and humility, key parts for us. And as a pastoral staff, huge message for us. We set the tone and pace with gentleness and humility. He says right after it, with patience. And then the words right after that are kind of tied together with it, with uh, bearing with one another in love. Patience and bearing with one another. In other words, just so you know, the people around you are going to make mistakes. Okay? Just so you know, there will be mistakes made, whether it be with voice or with action. And there will be times where we need to tolerate and work through it. There will be times where there need to be apologies. There will be times where we need to literally say, I I forgive you. Patience as we work together. Bearing with one another in love. It's a great opportunity for us to see God working in our lives as we work together with each other. You know, God has been humble as he came to this earth, gentle, patient, and bearing with one another. May we model what he's been in our lives to those around us. What a tragedy for us to embrace those gifts from him, but turn to the person next to us and slam them for actually being sinful, just like me. Let's be careful. So working together, it's not that we say, ah, you're sinful just like me. I'll let you be that way, right? We already covered that a couple weeks ago. It's let's run for holiness together, but let's be patient along the path as we do that, caring for each other as we go. With gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love. Man, my heart is stirred for the best for you. That's what he's talking about. In love. I want the best for you. I want you to meet the king of the universe. I want you to be changed for a lifetime. May God stir in you like never before. In love, I'm working with you. Notice it says right after that, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit. Eager. Like I cannot wait for this to happen. It's not one of these, great, get a chance to be patient with my brother today. That's not what he's talking about. It's, Lord, help me in every circumstance to be ready for the challenge of lifting you up and bringing someone closer to you. I am so excited about what you do in my life. Lord, may you rock the person next to me and I'm ready to be there for him. Eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Unity, like togetherness, like we are all one. Go ahead and say that. We're all one. Say it with me. We're all one. Turn to the person next to you and say, we're all one. Yeah. So everybody turns one way and the guy turns the other and now we're talking to each other's sides, right? (laughs) We're all one. That's what it's about. We have unity within this church if we do these things. God help us to care for one another in a way that brings a bond to this place of peace. Jesus Christ, you bring peace through our salvation so rich and free. We are in awe of that. Lord, help me love the person next to me and reflect that with all we have. Hey, Christianity is not a solo run. It's a together, a team run. May we run with each other in this thing called life, okay? That we may maintain in the spirit the unity and the bond of peace. It says... Uh, There is one body. Now he goes into a list of ones here and he's got seven of them. Okay. Check this out. One body, one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, 
one God and father of all. Seven ones. Gee, I wonder why he chose seven, right? Seven, it's God's number, it's perfection. He's saying, I'm telling you, oneness is what it's all about. That's what it's all about. May we grasp unity first and foremost. Everything we're doing is for unity in the spirit and the bond of peace that he might get the glory. When people see all different socioeconomic groups coming together, when they see different ages coming together, when they see different job titles coming together, when they see different ethnicities coming together and getting along, they say, something's different over there. Like, I don't see that too often. And that's our chance to display the greatness of God in the midst of our unity within this body. You know, it says there is one body. That means there is one church. And uh, that there is one universal church. We are all gathered together. Man, we are not in a battle with each other. And we better get that straight. We better be loving the others around us who are called to believership. We better understand there is a oneness universally. And there better be a oneness within this body as well as we model that. When you see the people around you, are you thinking, Lord, how can I care for them? Or are you thinking, Lord, why don't they care for me? It's a killer question. If you walk in saying, Lord, why don't they care for me? And I understand like the more new you are to a place, the more you're saying, you better reach out to me. I get it. But hear me on this. There's a lot of visitors each week. There's a lot of people that are fairly new. You'd be amazed at the difference when people say what new is new. You know, like I've been coming for two years new. Right. And we're like, no, that's not new. Join in. Like we need you to be a part of us and taking care of each other. Do this for me. As you're seeing each other, think, Lord, how can I care for the person next to me? What needs to be done that I might reach out to them? Lord, what do you want done? I may have only been coming a few months. Lord, who do you want cared for? Be thinking unity in the midst of all of it. One body, one spirit, the Holy Spirit, God Almighty taking up residence in us. Just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One hope. You know, Lord Jesus Christ returning in Titus. We have a hope that our king will return and establish perfection for all of eternity. One hope of our calling. One Lord, Jesus Christ himself. One faith, the faith that trusts in him and his shed blood alone to forgive us of our sins. That's what saves. Not works, not effort, but a faith in him and his shed blood. In his resurrection, life offered in him. One baptism as we're transformed at that moment of trusting in him. This is baptism of the Holy Spirit. One God and Father of all, who is now above all and through all and in you all. The greatness of our God, the attitude that we need to have, so depends on understanding the greatness of our God, who is above all and through all and in you all. You know, above all, like ruling over everything. And through all, he is making an impact everywhere and in you all, taking up residence within those who believe in him and trust in him. You and I together, representing Jesus Christ because of what he's done for us now, what he will be doing for us tomorrow, and the eternity that we have for him. An attitude that says, Lord, help us lock arms together that you might get the greater glory. That's what it looks like for us to honor him. Well, why in the world wouldn't we do that? That sounds great. Yeah. Three reasons we may not, that we may avoid unity. Three reasons we may avoid unity. 
Number one, uh, wrong focus. I'm telling you, I want the credit. And if I don't get the credit, then I'm pretty ticked off. And, and so sometimes I might even change the story so that I get more credit, maybe credit that wasn't even due me, but I want credit. And so, and so I'm willing to steal your credit or God Almighty's credit and wrong focus. Let's be very careful. If we walk in saying, I want this to be all about showing off how great I am, we're going to steal from other people and we're going to steal from God Almighty. Wrong focus is the first thing that steals the unity. Second thing, wrong actions. Wrong actions. You know, this is where we've got sin involved in our lives, whether it be with mouth or with hand or with foot. We've got sin in our lives where we're living a certain way saying, Lord, I just want my way. And in the midst of doing that, we're going to hurt someone next to us. We're going to hurt those we love dearly around us. One of the grievous sins we can, can go after is just initially saying it's all about me. And from there, it just spirals downward. Be careful. Wrong focus. Wrong actions. And the third one, wrong fear. Wrong fears. Did you know that we're supposed to have fear? Right? Ecclesiastes 12. We're supposed to fear the Lord. It's the beginning of wisdom. Fear the Lord. Understand his hugeness and our smallness. Grasp him in that light. Have a deep respect for him. Have a fear for the Lord. And all too often we replace that instead with a fear for man. We start worrying more about what the person next to me thinks. We don't want to be rejected. We want to be viewed as perfect. And in this fear of man world, we start going after uh, manipulating circumstances so that people think we're perfect, right? Like we change the story. We don't tell the whole truth. Whatever it might be, we start dissolving the unity and separating simply because we're going after, I need people to think better of me. As we start doing it, we can unwind the whole thing. Wrong fear could be at the source center of why you go after a lot of things in life. In fact, it might be the source of why you go after sin. Really think through what's my motivation for what I'm doing now. It could often be you're trying to get a respect that really you shouldn't be working to get at all. And that you just need to work before the Lord. Lord, I'm willing to trust in you. And Lord, I'm willing to see you work in me. And yes, Lord, I want to see unity displayed in this place. That's all Paul's calling for in Ephesians 4 here in the first part. Attitude. May we have the right attitude. You know, there was a famous architect. He was uh, supervising a construction that was going on in London uh, back in the 1800s. And uh, there was a, a guy who was writing an article, a journalist. He said, I'm going to go interview a couple of these workers and see what they think. And so he went up to him and he asked him, hey, what are you doing? Uh, the first guy said, well, I'm cutting stone. I'm making 10 shillings a day. Can you believe that? Like, that's what I'm getting to do here. And, and then he went to the next guy and he said, what are you doing? He said, I am helping Sir Christopher Wren construct one of London's greatest cathedrals. Now, which one do you think worked harder and worked with more excellence? Right? The more we grasp what we're really about... The more it's less about me and what I get and more about what's going to be accomplished for him and for his kingdom, the more we perform with excellence and all-out commitment. Our attitude needs to be all in for your glory, Lord, 
The unity in this place reflecting the unity of our God. Our God is a God of oneness. May we rally together and care for one another in oneness. So simple challenge for you. First, are you engaged in God's work with God's people at all? How are you doing with serving here in the church? What's God called you to? Maybe you've just started visiting or you've been visiting for a few months. You've been coming from a, a tough situation somewhere else. Like we understand that. And we're not asking to just jump right in then. There's a time for healing. And if you're transitioning over, then take that time to heal. But there's a time where you've been healed and you know it. And it's time to jump in. It's time to start helping. Like, Lord, I'm ready to be serving. And where do you want me? And maybe it's time for you to start doing that. And I'm telling you, at the moment you start jumping in to help, there's somebody coming in behind you who's like, I just need to be here to heal a little bit. And and now you're serving while they're healing. God's got something great going on here. He's stirring in this body in a huge way. I'm excited about what he's doing. Question, are you plugged in? And second part of it, are you plugged in with the right attitude? Are you here to say, Lord, may you get the glory? Or are you actually here saying, well, I'm here to greet. And man, you wouldn't believe how well I greet. I'm telling you, I expect a little bit of applause at the end of my greeting sessions. I know how to greet people and welcome people. So bring it here, please. Like, that's not what it's about. Really, as you reach out as a greeter or an usher, as a tech team guy or children's check-in, know this, you're reaching out to the person to say, we're here to love you. You matter. God's doing something amazing in this place. And welcome to this place. I hope he stuns you today with his greatness. That's what we're here for. May God get the glory as we all find our place here with the right attitude. And all of God's people said? Amen. Yeah, it's a big deal. Number one is attitude. Number two, role. So let's find where God has designed you to be. Role. Find where God has designed you to be. Check out verse 7 here. He says, But grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Grace, that thing given that we don't deserve. Right? It's not this thing you earned, and you wouldn't believe how great I am, and God thought so highly of me that he gave me this. It's No, instead, you didn't deserve it at all, but God lavished on you. Much like the same measure that happened with Christ and his work at the cross. We don't deserve the holiness he declares upon us. We don't deserve the forgiveness he offers through his shed blood. Grace. And in that same measure, God lavishes on us more grace. It says right after it, therefore. And when we see a therefore, we say. What's the therefore, therefore? And so here's a summary he has from Psalm 68, 18. He quotes it. When he ascended on high, he led host, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. All right. This is a quick quote from Psalms and it's actually what happens at the end of a war. When there's victory, the victor, the king, the ruler takes everybody he's taken prisoner and puts them in a line and locks them into some sort of shackles or whatever. And then he walks them out, right? He leads the captives out. And then it says here, and he gave gifts to men. Now, actually, what happens is they collect everything from the war that's been won. They take and put it all together. They receive first from the ones they've beat up, from the ones they've ruled over. They receive that first. 
And after they've received it, they then now kind of take a look at it and account of it. And then they hand back out to the soldiers. That's what happened. They actually shared the booty with the, sh- with the soldiers. And, and so when you actually look at Psalm 6818, for those of you who may have flipped over there real fast, and you don't have to, but I'll just tell you, it doesn't say what this says. What it says is, when he ascended on high and he led a host of captives, he received gifts from men. See, it was talking about the taking away of and the ruling and dominance over. But Paul is now focusing on what happens after that to those soldiers who are in alignment with him. And says, and he gives gifts back out to men. To soldiers of war in this battle with him, he shares with them and lavishes on them. You and I, as believers in him, if you trust in Christ as your savior, you are called a soldier in his army. And trust me, it is a war. And the more on fire you are for him, the more on attack you will be. The more you will have to be like strongly leaning on him and going to him and caring about his ministry. And God's called you to a ministry and he lavishes on you gifts to be able to do it. And as you do it, to be able to reward you. All right. That's what's going on here. Now, if you notice verse nine, it actually starts with a uh, parenthesis in most of your Bible verses. And the reason is Paul is... Uh, well, he's going off on one of his little wonderful rabbit trails. Paul has these rabbit trail thoughts and, and he's like, hey, speaking of ascending, right? So here's the parentheses. Uh, in saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower regions, the earth. Now, I'm just going to tell you that there are some versions that say it a little differently than that. They throw a preposition in there between the word regions and the earth. And, and all of a sudden, it starts to become like it sounds like it's in the inner parts of or underneath the earth. And in actuality, the original language doesn't have that in there. And it's probably best to read it as, you know, he descended into the lower regions. You know, the earth. Okay. Now, just so you know, some have developed a pretty deep theology around this verse, and they've tied it together with one other verse in Second Peter. And they say, you know, I think Christ went down to hell, and they use this verse. That this is it. You know, he went into the lower regions within the earth. Question. Where does the Bible say that hell is inside the earth? Does anybody know that verse? Yeah, me neither. So that's not a good interpretation here, all right? The best interpretation is to say the lower regions, you know... The earth. Do we know of Jesus Christ descending down from heaven to earth in some way? Uh, yeah, right? Philippians chapter 2 says very clearly what's going on. It kind of encapsulates the whole gospel message that a God of the universe stepped down from his glory, came to this earth, clothed with humanity, humbling himself, it says, and becoming a man. That's what's being talked about here. That he descended to earth. He paid the price at the cross of Calvary for you and me. His shed blood, his death, his resurrection. And then what did he do? He ascended back to heaven. This is the gospel message captured in one simple verse. He descended in battle. And he won the victory. And he went back to heaven as victor and as king. I'm telling you, all the booty is his. He has stuff to give out. Get ready. He's now giving out some gifts. Are you hearing it? That's our king. And some gifts he's giving out. He then goes after it. He says, um, verse 11. He gave apostles and prophets, evangelists and pastors and teachers. 
Notice this gift. Notice it doesn't say he gave the ability to be a. It doesn't say that, right? It says he gave apostles. In this case, the gift is you. You're the gift to the people around you. You're the gift to the church at large. You're the gift to God building his church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. You have certain skill sets and God's got you planned as a gift for the body. That's why I specifically chose Ephesians 4 for today's passage. Because 1 Corinthians 12 does talk about the skill set as a gift. He's giving that to you. But here he's focusing on you being given as a gift to the body. That's a huge thing to grasp and get your hands around. So let's just notice real quickly here. Let's break them down here. It says he gave apostles. These are the guys who planted the first churches, right? These are people who saw Jesus Christ personally. They had unique gifts and powers. They had the unbelievable ability to then write what the Holy Spirit was telling them with the word of God, the apostles. This is a unique lockdown gift. It is not one going on today in that regard. Hear me. Nobody is adding a chapter to the scriptures. Amen. That was a small amen. Amen. Like I'm telling you, the apostleship is done in that regard. Does it mean we don't plant any more churches? No, it doesn't mean that. Some of those skill sets can still be used, but it's not the same authority that went with this title. So I just prefer to use a different name, church planter. Okay, let's just be careful. We don't have apostles running around here who can say, thus saith Pastor Steve. Steve says great things, but it doesn't trump scripture. Okay, that's where we're at. And let's make sure we follow that correctly. Okay, apostles, next prophets, speaking forth the word of God. Okay, thus saith the Lord. That's what these guys are. I'm telling you, it's easy to say, thus saith the Lord now. Just read your Bible and pull out spots where God's talking and thus saith the Lord, right? So speaking forth the word of God is just grabbing the Bible, making sure you grasp it and understand it and bringing it with clarity. Evangelists, making sure the gospel message is clear. And then it says here at the end, shepherds and teachers. Just so you know, it's the only time where the and is used there. I believe what he's really trying to do is connect these two words together. It's like a a unique gifted person, shepherd teacher. Okay, it's togetherness on that. It's not two different ones. And, And it's the guy who cares but the guy who also teaches and trains. It's a, comb- a combination. It's like the ultimate description of pastor. You need to be shepherd teacher. Okay? That's what it's about. Are these the only gifts, these four? Because, like, I don't see mine in there. It doesn't seem like me. And, no, this isn't the only list, all right? And so for those of you who want a longer list, I'm not going to go into it now. But uh, 1 Corinthians chapters 12 through 14. Um, and specifically chapter 12. That's a great one. You might want to write that down. First Corinthians 12. They've got a list of, of um, other gifts there. And then another one is Romans chapter 12. Okay. And, and so there's some great gifts listed from uh, helping behind the scenes to teaching and training to helping work with different age ranges of people and loving to work with little kids or adults, whatever the case may be. Let's make sure we get you to the right spot. You are actually a gift from God to this church. He has specifically said, I'm bringing you to Harvest Bible Chapel for a reason. Uh, What is it? And let's get you to that right spot. I'm not sure what God's got going on in your life and where he wants you to be. And it very well could be that you're going to answer the problem of uh, the teaching and the two-year-olds. 
uh, or checking in the children or ushering at the 11 o'clock or greeting or you might say, hey, I love doing tech and I'd love to help you with the video stuff. And what's God got you called to be working with? What do you love and have a passion for? Where are your interests? Where do you tend to have people say, dude, seriously, you're, you're pretty good in that area. Like, seriously, if you're saying, I think I'm going to help with the two-year-olds. And people are like, really? You? Uh, Maybe that's not the spot for you. Maybe there's a better spot somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? Let's get a little bit of feedback, but let's go after it. What is your passion? And let's make sure we get you there. God's got you here for a reason. And I'm telling you, the church is not designed to be run by a small group of pastors at the middle doing everything. The church is meant to be unified as we all together work together for one cause, his glory. Where do we need to get you that you might be doing that for him? That's what we need to be going after. You know, this past week, Friday night, we had uh, James McDonald and the Vertical Church Tour in town. And uh, it was a great time. James gave a uh, great challenge there. Uh, Just so you know, one little takeaway for me. I loved the moment where he was walking through the story with Moses And Moses cries out. He's got any choice of asking some things. And he says, please show me your glory. Like that is an awesome moment to consider. And if we all were walking around saying, Lord, I'm ready to see your glory. Stun me with your your greatness. I want to see you for who you are. Man, will it be a difference in our lives? Uh, That's just a little side piece. Just want to say this. That thing went off without a hitch Friday night. Uh, Can I tell you why? First of all, because there's some very skilled people that came in that God's gifted in great ways to teach and lead worship, but also because uh, 38 people from Harvest Peoria were helping as ushers and greeters, as tech team, as setup and teardown. 38 to 40 people poured in here at different times throughout the day to make sure that thing went well. I'm telling you, this whole thing was facing over that direction for those of you who weren't here. So you could picture it up that way and all the walls are knocked out. The moment they opened those doors at 6.15, I was glad I wasn't an usher. I'm just saying, the mad onslaught as it came pouring in. Yes, Brian? I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going like this. And... I mean, there was 16, 1700 people who like descended upon the place to grab the best seat in the house that they could perceive. And, and the ushers had to help direct them towards that and then help lead throughout the rest of that night as well. And I so appreciate the commitment of those guys in doing that and, and ladies, super big help. Um, I'll tell you another story too. We had last week, John and I were standing up front here. We up front every week, uh, love to talk and pray with people. Uh, people come up. Sometimes it's a, a praise that's going on in their life. Sometimes a struggle. Love to just hear some things. We're connecting with them. And uh, one of our greeters came up and said, hey, I want to introduce you to a family. I knew them from way back and and uh, love to have you get to know them for a second. And, and so he introduced us to him. We got to know each other right there. And and uh, they had a daughter who was uh, between my daughter's ages. And and so we chatted a little bit more and I said, man, I'd love to get you introduced to my kids. And, and uh, they're just not here right now. They're helping in the children's and back. And so as we got done talking there and they went away, that greeter uh, then also took them and said, you know what? Let me get Megan for you. And he went and found Megan and brought her over and introduced him uh, to the girl. And then they made a little connection there. That girl went to Ignite on Sunday night. And uh, you know what? Greeting counts. Greeting matters. And doing well at caring for people and getting them connected, it's a big deal. Like that's what it's all about. Whatever role you take on, make sure it's all about God getting the greater glory. And all of God's people said, Amen. yeah, so question. 
Again, where does God have you placed that you might give him the greater glory? Why has he brought you here? That'd be the simple question I'd ask. Why has he brought you to harvest? And what is it to be able to do for him? It's not just about doing. It is about receiving. We're all about you growing in him and getting some things from the place. I totally get that. But I'm telling you, more encouragement and growth occurs as you serve. What is it God's got you called to do and be in this place? As we're getting ready to run into a building, into a new home, as we're getting ready to advertise to this community that we have a home now, uh, I'm not sure what's going to come. I'm not sure how many are going to come. I know more are going to come. And I know this, we need some people to help serving in children's ministry and, and certainly in some of the other ministries that we got going on. And we're going to make clear what that is at the end here, okay? What's God got you to be going after? Just be thinking it through. We're going to be handing out a card at the end to help you think that out a little more, all right? So first is attitude, number two is role, and then the third one, purpose. Fix your eyes on the goal, fully equipped and mature. Fix your eyes on the goal, fully equipped and mature. Purpose. We're just going to start in verse 12 here. It says, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. To equip. That word is actually a fishing term. It means to mend the nets. To take what was broken and make it fixed. Make it ready to do its job. Equipped. Part of our goal in ministry is to get you to a point where you can fully serve him and fully worship him with nothing in the way equipped to equip the saints for the work of ministry. You know, second Corinthians five defines the work of ministry really well. It's a ministry of reconciliation. It's pulling people closer to God himself and closer to one another. But it certainly is to God first and foremost. And the church has missed it if the church doesn't make it about reconciling with God. That's what we mean when we say a vertical church. May we run after a relationship with him with all we've got. And that's part of the ministry is teaching the body and challenging the body to get vertical with all they've got. And then it says to build up the body of Christ. That's a construction term means the same thing. To put it together in a way where you are built up and ready to go after him. Until we all attain to, are you ready? Here's when we finished. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. That's it. Just when that's happened. When we all have attained full knowledge of Jesus Christ. So, well, I worked last week. I think I'm done. Like, that's not actually how it works, okay? It's actually about, Lord, I'm serving you until you return. And then I'm serving you for eternity with perfection on me now, not sin clothed. And I can't wait to be there for that. And Lord, in the meantime, what do you want done for your name, for your glory, and for your church? That we all might grow in unity to know him. And then it says, to mature manhood. That's uh, implying adulthood there, okay? So womanhood, manhood, all of us mature in our walk. It says, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Our measure is not the guy next to me. Hey, I've worked long enough. I'm telling you. I looked at the dude next to me. I got more going on than him. I think I'm good now. Like, that's not what it's about. It's, Lord, I'm looking to you. May you mold me to who you are, to your character, to your knowledge, to your skill sets. Lord, I'm ready to be shaped by you. May you just pour into my life in a way that changes me. Notice he says right after it here, just kind of a long phrase. Why is that? Why do we want to do that? 
so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes to make you stable, to make you strong. That's what it's all about. It's to make you strong in him. It's to make you strong in him. What's this ministry all about? Strong in him. Okay, that's what it's all about. To get to know him with all you've got. That he might get the glory. He says, rather, speaking the truth in love. You hear that? Does that tie back to the last couple of weeks that we've been going through? Speaking the truth in love. Like the weapon we use for change is not ignoring sin and hoping the uncomfortable moment passes. But instead, speaking in lovingly and gently, caringly, together. Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every part with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the whole body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Lord, may this body be built up in love. Lord, may you be honored and may you be glorified as we truly allow you to work in our lives. Lord, we are so ready for you to be making an impact in us. I'm telling you this. I'm excited about what God's doing in this place. I'm excited about what God's doing in your lives. There's a, uh, an Olympic story that went on. I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, the uh, Jamaican uh, track runner for the 100 meter. Did you guys see this story? So like he run the gold four years ago and they're like, gee, I wonder if he'll do it again. And he actually got beat out by his uh, training partner this last year. Like a couple of times he was getting beat out and he didn't know if he'd be able to win it. He actually ended up blowing him away. What I loved most is at the end uh, when he won the race, the Jamaicans were walking around saying, this is, this is my lame Jamaican accent. Are you ready? <laughs> we are the fastest people in the world, man. We're the fastest people in the world, man. That's all they kept saying. We. Dude, you ran no race at all. Do you know what I'm saying? You watched the guy run the race. And in fact, the one saying it was like, the dude saying it was, I could have beat that man in a race. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and, and so in that moment, what were they doing? There was this unified tying together and saying, we together running a race all together going after this one thing. And that's what it's about. And, and the world gets it when it comes to unity. How much more should we get it when our God is a God of oneness? That's our job. Lord, oneness in my attitude. Lord, oneness as I go to serve you in a proper role. Lord, oneness as I absolutely go after this thing for your glory. Right purpose. That's what it looks like, okay? I'm going to ask the ushers to be coming forward now. And we've got some cards and they're going to be passing these out. My request, every single person take one, okay? Every single person take one and just pass it down the row. And I'm just going to ask you to consider right now prayerfully. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up as well. And uh, if you guys could come on up when you get set, we'll just get some music going in the background. This card being passed down the row right now, I need you to consider what God's doing in your life and what do you want done here okay there's some check boxes and i'm just going to help you out so i need everybody listening to me now because you're now looking at the card and you're not listening 
So I need everybody listening. Go ahead and put your name on it. You notice there's a box right on the bottom there that says already serving. That's great. Check that and put down there what you're serving in. We're great with that. For those who aren't serving, there's a whole list of ideas on the side. Opportunities for you to step into, okay? Our goal is to say, Lord, what do you have for me? You've brought me here for a purpose. What is it? So let me just bring a few few things out. You're like, I have no idea. Great. Check that first box wherever you need me. Okay, that's fine. Just check that box. We'll get in touch with you. We'll let you know of some needs we got going on. We'll talk it through. You help us out. Notice this is areas of interest. This is not I signed in blood and it's done. Okay, it's I'm interested in these areas. Help me out. Give me some thoughts on I'm thinking about. Okay, so wherever you need me, that's an easy box to check. Uh, Children's ministry, just so you know, always in need there. Okay, there's always a need to be adding more and more helpers in there. Uh, you wouldn't believe the numbers of kids we got going on in there. I think we're upwards of 400 between both services. And like God's really been blessing this body. And apparently he's been blessing your families. You know what I'm saying? We got a lot of kids around here. So uh, that's great. If you've got some uh, desire to go ahead and help with children's ministry, you can check that. Higher Ground, Awana. And then we're starting up a couple new teams as we go into the building. The parking team the bookstore, and the atrium cafe down there at the bottom. And if you're interested in jumping in on one of those, like we're going to need some help. We'll probably need 30 to 40 parking guys. So if you're interested in being a parking person with us, doesn't have to be male. If you're interested in being out there, helping to move some traffic around out there so that people can come in satisfied and leave satisfied. And all of God's people said, it's a big deal. It's the first touch they get. If you're willing to be a part of that, check that, okay? Just take some time to consider what you'd have. I'm just going to give you a couple minutes now to prayerfully consider that while uh, Larry plays here, and then I'll close. you're at a spot where you're like, I think I got this down. If not, um, what we're going to ask you to do is pass everything down. Before you do that, I ask one question of you. Uh, Just take a look to your left and to your right. Okay. Uh, It's packed in here. Have you noticed that? And uh, praise God, he's been doing a great thing. And I'm not even sure we're at with attendance this morning here, but God's been doing an awesome thing filling out the nine o'clock. 11 o'clock has been filling up as well. Uh, but there are some open seats at 11. And so actually we're probably sitting about 350 to 400 in attendance at the 11. And here we're like 650 to 700. Okay. So we could actually have like a hundred people move over there and it would actually make some space. When we're coming into September and October here, we're going to have some people kicking tires on who we are. One of my questions to you is, would you be willing to try to help move over to 11 
to get some people some space in here so they could try this place out and help build the 11 o'clock. It's doing great, by the way. There's no, 11 is rocking. So it's more like join with them and see God do some great things. Grab some family members or some friends, impact group leaders. Maybe your whole impact group goes over to 11. If you're willing to consider that, just write down 11 and circle it at the top, all right? That way we know you're willing to think it through. Just write down 11 and circle it if you're willing to move over. That helps us out. We really do need like 50 to 75 people to move over, all right? That would help us out a ton as we get ready to go on this last leg of the journey. So uh, you could serve at the 9, attend the 11. Praise God, right? So take advantage of that opportunity. Write that down and let's see what God does with things. Let's make sure that we get His glory not our comfort, put first and foremost, all right? Do me a favor now. Let's just have everybody take your cards and pass them this direction, to your right. Just pass them this direction. And then we'll have the ushers come up and collect them. Yeah, just hold them at the aisles here. The ushers will come up and get them. practical application we're serious right like it's one thing to talk about the word and it's another thing to not just be a hearer of the word but a doer also let's really make sure we're running after him saying lord i'm a little nervous right now i'm not even sure with those boxes i checked i have no idea what's coming next and and that's okay i get where you're at i was right where you were in 2003 and i ended up being able to help teach a new believers class and help roll out a couple other classes. Then I was a part-time pastor, full-time pastor, now I'm a senior pastor. So who knows where you'll be in eight years, right? I'm telling you, God does some amazing things as you step out. Let's just see what he's going to do. Let me just pray close the service here. Dear Heavenly Father, we just praise you, Lord, for who you are. We love you. We worship you. We're excited about you, Lord. May everything be about the purpose of your fame, your name, your glory. You lift it up. Lord, we are so ready to see that happen. May each of us figure out what it means to step out and serve in a place that we're not sure of, in a place that we're not quite getting yet, maybe. Lord, help us grasp and go after that with all we've got, with the right attitude, all about oneness, with the right role, whatever you've gifted us with as a gift to this body. And Lord, with an absolute purpose of serving and celebrating you, equipping the saints to glorify you. It's in your mighty name we pray these things, God. You deserve all our glory. Amen.